Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled Freedom and is part of the BCC Next Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, you can check us out at our website at bccma.org or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. I wanted to sing that song because um, today's message is about two things. It's about one thing, which is about freedom, but it's about two ways that God brings freedom into our lives. What do we mean by freedom? I'm talking about freedom from, as the way Celebrate Recovery puts it, freedom from life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And what we're doing right now, what's happening about the community church right now, and many of you are very aware of it, and some of you are not so aware, probably. We're in a process that all churches go through, I believe, and, and all people go through, is rethinking your lives and rethinking your organization, rethinking our church. So we're, we're just preparing for well, the next chapter of our life here as a church. And so we chose so, several months ago to do a series called Next, and that's what we're in right now, in the third message called Next, because we're, we're praying about, God, what is next in our church? And Pat mentioned two services. We're going to re, redo this auditorium, and we're going to go to two services, and you'll be hearing more about that in the weeks to come. And so we want to bring, you know, yes, we're inviting you to be a part of that. And today's message also deals with uh, a process that brings us that freedom, and it has to do with connecting with the body of Christ. So one of the things we're rethinking is our community groups, and we're going we're gonna to still have community groups as we've had them, but we're going to make some changes and additions, and come September, you're going to have some opportunities to connect that you didn't have before. And the freedom that we're talking about today is very much one of the one of the processes of these two processes I'm going to talk about today, one of them is connecting up with other believers and becoming a part of the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Let's say that together. We are the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. So the, the power and the personality of Jesus Christ flows through every one of us. So that's why connection with the church is in connection with the body of Christ and other believers is so important. So we're going to talk about that. Also, we, we want to just continue to promote our Celebrate Recovery program that has been such a blessing to this church and such a blessing to so many of you. And, 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 and so many people that are sitting here this morning have found freedom and hope and freedom from life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and addictions by going to Celebrate Recovery. And it's so much a part of your life. So you can get plugged into those things. You can get plugged into Celebrate Recovery right now. So I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you, if you need that, and you're at a place in your life where something is controlling your life, God has freedom for you. So I want to talk to you today about the next step that God and BCC want to help you to make. And that's the step of freedom. So what we did is we talked this out. We, we, we saw that there were certain steps that we wanted to take people on a journey. And the first step is to connect you to God. That's some, see, it's not, about, it's not about this organization. It's about you. So the first thing we want to do is connect you to God. What else really matters if we can't connect you to God? If we can't connect you to his acceptance? And we know that that is done through the cross of Jesus Christ. That Jesus died on the cross. That Jesus came to earth. He, he was the incarnate word of God. And he brought to us the message of hope and connection to God himself. And we preached about that a couple of weeks ago. The next step, though, is the step of freedom. In the very words of, these, of Celebrate Recovery, freedom from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. It's about freedom from fear, freedom from unforgiveness, and freedom from torment. It's the feeling of being unstuck after you've been stuck in patterns that limit your life and limit your range of motion. Now, now as I get into this today, I want you to... I want you to Help avoid certain certain misconceptions, and because uh, I'm going to talk about uh, evil spirits today, I'm going to I'm going to allude to to d- demonic and evil spirits. So so I want you just to get rid of that stereotype because when I talk about d- evil spirits and demonic spirits, it has nothing to do with 
throwing holy water on you or uh, 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 spinning heads or projectile vomiting. <laughs> nothing, nothing. It's, we're not going to, you know, if God wants to do some of that, that manifestation in your life, that's between you and God. But I'm not going to show up your house with a crucifix and holy water and do any of that stuff, okay? We're, we're talking about something very simple and very basic and realizing that with the fears and the, the hurts and the, sometimes the inability to forgive people who have hurt me, I recognize there's a dark force that's at the base of that. That's behind that. There's a dark force that has to be addressed in order for me to go forward. So it's that simple. Uh, a, a, another misconception that I, I want to make sure you avoid, because the text I'm going to read is about a woman who was afflicted by an, a spirit, an evil spirit, and she was sick. I want to make sure you know that we're not going to say today that all sickness is caused by an evil spirit, that if you're sick, there's, it's caused by an evil spirit. I think it's very rare that sickness is caused by an evil spirit, but it can happen. Don't focus on the sickness today. Focus on the, the fact that the, we're going to read in a moment that this woman was bound, and Jesus... Without, without a crucifix or holy water or having her head spin around, she was instantly delivered. So I, I kind of think that's the way I feel it ought to be, is, is, is devil, shut up, come out. And that's over, right? You like that way? Okay. <laughs> now, Christians who do not freedom, you know, here's, here's it. There's a very large percentage of Christians who do not have freedom for this one reason. They do not believe that they can have bondage. They do not believe they can be a Christian and have bondage. And, and there's another reason in a, another percentage of Christians that, have, that tolerate the intolerable in their life because they don't know how powerful God's presence is in their soul and God's word is in their mouth and they don't know how powerful the body of Christ is to deliver us from the shackles that bind us. It reminds me of this little video that's making the rounds on the internet. I don't spend very much time watching cute cat videos, but I did watch one the other day and I want to share it with you right now. This is the way many Christians are. See, that, that cat didn't know he was a cat. <laughs> and some Christians, some of you don't know that you're children of God, that you've been born again by the Spirit of God, that if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. You don't know that. No one's informed you of that. So you're tolerating things you don't need to tolerate. And you're tolerating bondages and habits and hang-ups and hurts. An inability to go forward and be who, you, who God has created you to be. And that's because that's what we want to do. That's what we're trying to do. And we're praying about constantly. How can we set people free to be who God intended them to be? And, 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 and accomplish in the world and go out in the world. See, the, the, those other steps we're going to take is discovering your purpose and learning how you can make a difference. Because that's what's, that's what's burning in your heart. Is every one of you, down deep in your soul, you want to make a difference in the world. And nothing really else matters if you can't make a difference in the world. And if you don't take this step, though, that I'm preaching today, some people aren't making a difference in the world because something has them bound. They've accepted Jesus. They're saved. They're, they're born again. They're, they're on their way to, to, a, to, a, to an eternity of hope and, and, and blessing but they're, they're on their way to heaven, but they're not enjoying the trip. I want to see you set free to go to heaven and enjoy the trip. How many of you want to go to heaven and enjoy the trip? Amen? Luke chapter 13, verse 10. On a Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman who was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. 
Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now, we're going to get back to this point later, but she was in church, and she had been coming to church every Saturday for 18 years, but she was still bound, and we'll get into, we're going to come back to that later. Now, now we're going to jump over to John 8, 31, verse 33, and we're also talking about bondage, but he has a different formula. You know, it isn't so sad that the church world is we divide between formulas, you know, if you go to what I grew up with, an old-fashioned, devil-chasing, blood-bought, hallelujah, foot-stomping, Pentecostal church, I mean, you were, we, we chased the devil out all the time. I mean, <laughs> we had his number. But if I went to my cousin's Baptist church, they would have they gone to John 8.31 to talk about freedom, you know? Because it says there, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Teaching, discipleship, process. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we're Abraham's descendants, so we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Now, we've talked about that first step the other day. Now I want to talk about this second step of freedom. Some people think that's it. Uh, you know, some people think that step of accepting Jesus, that's it. But Jesus said, I am the door, right? Jesus said, I am the door. Now, I assume when I see a door, it represents something behind the door. I assume that. I mean, what, what, if, you, what if you went, you know, I like to go to, I was just in Portland, Maine the other day, and I like to go to nice downtown areas and look for a nice restaurant. And downtown Providence has some great restaurants, downtown Boston. And what if you went to downtown Providence or downtown Portland or downtown Boston and you saw a beautiful mahogany door and there were lettering above. Jason has taught me that you can, you can, find, uh, you can define a good restaurant by the font. It's... <laughs> If they use the right font, and then it's going to be a good restaurant. If they use a lousy font, and I, I haven't quite gotten the science down. I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Times New Roman, I think, is a bad, a bad restaurant. I don't know. It could be what? Ironic, yeah. Some, some restaurants are into irony, I think, yeah. Anyway, uh, you got nice font, but in this nice mahogany door, you're thinking, okay, I got, I got a big budget today. I'm going to go there because that's going to be a great restaurant. And you open the mahogany door and it's just a wall. There's no, there's no passageway. It, you were expecting to open up into a beautiful room in a beautiful dining room and you were expected to be greeted by the maitre d' and you were expected to be taken to a table and you were expected to see a menu and that's what you were expecting. But you open and it's just a wall. There's nothing there. There's no place to go. And that's the way some people's experience with God is. That they get introduced to Jesus Christ. The past they go to church and the pastor preaches and said, You want to receive Jesus today? And they however the, the, the ritual is that they do it. We have we have prayer partners that are here at the end of the service and we'll we'll have response time today. And I, I hope many of you will come forward and be prayed for today. And the partners will stand, and that's how we do it here. And the different churches do it different ways. But they come, and, and you receive Christ as your personal Savior. And then the next big event in your life is heaven. <laughs> you're ready to go to heaven. It, it, it would be like you're standing out in front of that. You open that, and you're all disappointed. You thought it was going to be a door open. And you have a congregation of people who gather on the sidewalk. And you actually form a fellowship around waiting on something to happen. And what you're waiting on is the van to come and take you to the airport to take you somewhere else. And that's what some Christians are doing. They've accepted Jesus. They, they're waiting on the van to take them to the airport to take them to heaven and be with Jesus. In the meantime, they are miserable. They are bitter. They are hurt. They are bound by lust. They are bound by, by, by 
all kinds of fears. They have, they have the inability to love properly. They, they cannot show affection. They cannot receive affection. They don't enjoy people. They're, they're afraid to talk to people. They're afraid that people come and talk to them. They are not free. But the, 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 the Bible says that the Son makes you free. You will be free indeed. Now, the first thing I want to say to you today is that Christians can be bound. Luke 13, 16, Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? Then you go to chapter 8, verse 31, To the Jews who had believed him. When Jesus told these people, You will know the truth, the truth will make you free. The sentence before revealed that they believed in him. How many, how many churches today, oh, you believe in Jesus? Great, you're all set. Here, go do a ministry. Which, which, that's great that they, that they want to get, let you do a ministry. That's great that they want to plug you in somewhere. But I feel like huge segments of the body of Christ today are skipping a step. We're skipping a step. Saved to service no, no, there's a step between. I'm not saying you can't serve till you get completely free of every hang-up. I wouldn't get to serve if that was the case. This is a lifetime process. But so, so it's not, it's not, I'm not saying you can't serve if you don't get free of all your hang-ups. No, no, I'm not saying that. But let's not skip the step. Let's not skip the step of God. There's some, there might be something in your life that's really making you unhappy. That you wouldn't have to be unhappy if you got delivered. There might be something in your life that's making your spouse really unhappy. And they would be really thrilled. They would, be, they would fall on their knees today and give glory to God if it was announced that you got free of that thing that you do that drives them crazy. And hurts your children and devalues your family. The Bible makes it clear that being a child of Abraham wasn't merely a racial identity, but a heart connection with the Heavenly Father, by the way. Romans 2.28, For you are not a true Jew because you were born of Jewish parents, but because you have gone through the ceremony of, or because you've gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, rather it is a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. So that woman, that woman that, that was tormented by an evil spirit was a daughter of Abraham. She was a child of God. The Bible says we, we, we're made, that, that everyone who is of faith is a child of Abraham. It's, it's the faith of Abraham that makes us children of God. So how can Christians be influenced by dark forces? Well, it's really quite simple. I know, I know people, we used to, I know my friend Dan Burrell and Don are here today and We've, we've been through these controversies in the body of Christ, and I know, we, Dan, you, you, Donna, you're familiar with the, with the controversy of can a Christian have a demon? Remember those days when we argued about that? And uh, I heard a guy say one time, a Christian could have anything he wants. <laughs> that, that's my theology. If, you, if you, you're a Christian, you want a demon, you can have one. <laughs> Well, think about it for a minute. Now, now, in a minute, I want to make a comment about demon possession and, 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 and all that. Because I know some of you are worried about that. Or you're worried about your spouse. <laughs> or you're worried about your 16-year-old. <laughs> you know, you're quite sure that a dark force has taken over their hearts. <laughs> right? James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Well, that's a great verse, right? But what about people, what if I don't confess my sins to another person and ask them to pray for me that I could be healed? What, what then? Well, so you're not a Christian. No, that, that, that doesn't hang with grace, okay? I, I'm not a hyper-grace person, but I am a grace person. And we do believe in grace. We believe we're saved by grace and not at works, lest any man should boast. So it's got to be possible that you could hang around a church for 18 years 
and never confess your sins to anybody. And never ask anyone to pray for healing in your life. Now I know, I know that the day we live in, we don't want it, you know, we don't want anyone, we can't tell anyone they're wrong because we're being judgy if we do that. Listen, I went to the doctor four years ago and he told me I had cancer. I didn't tell him he was judgy. <laughs> I said, can you help me? <laughs> no, I, I love the, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene in, the, uh, in a, one of, a T.S. Eliot play where this woman goes to a psychiatrist or psychologist and she says, please tell me there's something wrong with me. And he goes, why, why, do, why do you want me to tell you there's something wrong with you? She said, because if you tell me there's something wrong with the world, I can't do anything about it. But if you tell me there's something wrong with me, I can fix it and I can do something about it. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about having the guts to say, God, tell me what's wrong with me. Because if you tell me what's wrong with me, we can fix this and we can make this better. and We can get free if you will give me the truth. Okay, so uh, let me finish that. Go to verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 of James. He says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So that begs the, that begs the question. That begs the question. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I, lo I love God. But I decide one day I'm not going to resist the devil. What happens? Where does the devil go? Where does the devil go for my life if I don't resist him? You're getting quiet. Do you, do you not know the answer? Does anybody know the answer? He's going to hang out, right? He's going to hang out. You know, you say, but a Christian can't be demon-possessed. Okay, right. Okay, I'll go with that. But if the Bible calls the devil a thief, or, or, or that, it's allusion to the dark forces, and, and I realize that can also be false prophets and people like that. But we won't, we won't split hairs on, over that this morning. If a thief comes into my house, does he own the house? He's just in the house. But who in this room, you know, if, you, if you're driving down the street today, and as you come up to your house, a guy with, you know, the, the typical black mask bandit thing, and he's crawling in one of your windows, how many of you would just leave him alone? But if he gets in your house, he doesn't own your house. He's just in your house. So some people, no, the devil doesn't own them. They're owned by Jesus. But I believe he's knocking around. I believe he's walking in the halls of their house. Just by the way, I, the, way the bondages that I see in their life, their inability to do what they would like, what they would want to do. The inability to have the joy they would want to have. The inability to have the peace they would want to have. The peace that passeth understanding. I think they might just maybe not resisting the devil enough. Is that possible? <clears throat> James 5, 16, 4, 7 beg those questions, don't they? We've all experienced the pain of being stuck in a behavior that hurt our potential and robbed us of inner peace. We've all been hurt by other Christians who haven't dealt with their stuff. Now, I want to play a little clip from uh, John Bevere talking about his own addiction to pornography. So it's about a two-minute clip, and I just want you to, uh, just, just to reiterate the point that you can love Jesus but have bondage in your life. So it was nine months later, in May 2nd of 1986, that I went on a four-day fast. I was in a man's condominium, and on this fourth day of that fast, uh, hang on May a the 6th, uh, 1985. Uh, that, that, I need to go back to the beginning of this, because that's not the beginning. That's not going to make sense if we don't go back to the beginning. Is that okay, folks? I, I needed to say that. Does that bother you? I'm sorry. You can't go back? Yep, we'll skip it then. Okay, some of you are familiar with the ministry of John Bevere. John Bevere talks about how after he became a Christian, he, um, after he became a Christian, he had this 
and, and even after he was married, he had, had this addiction to pornography, and he went to, he went to an international uh, uh, ministry leader that very few of you would even know his name, but a couple of us would. But he went to him and asked him to pray for him, and he prayed for him, but nothing happened. And then he went away after a time, and to, took a, he went and fasted and prayed for four days, and at the end of that four days, there was a release from something that his craving for pornography went away. And he said, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, now why did I have this guy pray for me and nothing happened? And then later I went on, he said, the Lord spoke to me, and here's what the Lord said. The Lord said to me, you, when you went to have that guy pray for you, you were, you were concerned about whether you would be able to do ministry, public ministry. And so you wanted to get free so you could do public ministry. But by the time you came and fasted and prayed, you, were, you cared about my heart and that you were breaking my heart. And your, your purpose and your reason, your reason for wanting to be free from pornography was correct. And it was right. Now it's because you wanted to please God. And before it's because you wanted to be in public ministry. And when you got your heart right, I could honor your prayer and I could set you free. And I thought that was a powerful point. Amen? Now, all bondage, no, is not the presence of an evil spirit. I don't want to, although I spent an inordinate amount of time on that, I want you to know that's not the case. The bondage of believers, according to 832, has to do with the lies that you are believing. Most bondage is really, uh, I don't know most, but let's say it's 50-50. 50% of bondage is just a dark force that affects your moods, speaks, speaks into you. And, and the, the, this, this dark force can speak lies, by the way. But you, you can get lies from your parents. You can get lies from your siblings. You can get lies, you can tell yourself lies. You can get lies from your professor in college. You can get lies from a lot of sources. And those lies are, are what, what Jesus was dealing with in John chapter 8 as he dealt with these, with these Jewish people who the, the religious system had gotten so corrupted that it was full of lies. And I, I had a friend uh, that I worked with for a short time. And this man was a, was a, it was a, he was a pastor and he had, um, he had an incredible ability to build a church. I mean, he, he, he started, uh, it was, this was down in the state of Florida, and he planted one church, and, and it grew to three or 400 people in no time at all. And, and then he had, a, he had an extramarital affair, and it blew up on him. And then uh, some time that I spent with him, he had gone to another location in Florida, and he took a, he took a, a little group, he gathered 11 people together, and within, I would say, three years, there were 1,400. He had a phenomenal ability to grow a church. But once again, the same thing happened in the church of 1,400. He got involved with a counselee and had an extramarital affair. And I don't know how many extramarital affairs he had over the years, but he had quite a few. And I don't know if he ever really dealt with the problem, but one thing I eventually found out about him one thing I uncovered was this. His father had always told him, you will never succeed. You will never amount to anything, were the exact words of his father. And in my opinion, and in my estimation, that became a lie that controlled this man's mind. So he would, he would, he would go and he would start planting a church in a community and he would, he, would, he would work night and day. I mean, his sermons were commercials for everything that was going on in the church. He never, I, I, I heard him preach many times, and he never preached a sermon like this. And I'm not saying I'm better than him or anything like that. I'm just saying he would never preach a sermon that was focused on the needs of the people. It was always a commercial for, for what was going to happen in the church next. And, uh, and, and the churches grew because of it, because, because marketing works. Marketing works. And, and it's sad. It's sad. It, it, I, I wanna, we want to get better at marketing, and I'm all for marketing. But friends, I look at you, and I look at my congregation, and I look at the people in this community, and I'm like, Jesus, I, I, I think, oh, these are like sheep without a shepherd. They need the power of God to do something awesome. They need healing in their lives. 
There's so many burdens in their lives and they need healing in their lives. And, and I, I don't think my friend ever really got that because he was so driven. He would, he would work so much that he, that he would abandon his marriage and he would abandon his wife. And one thing would lead to another. It was like dominoes. And next thing you know, he's with somebody who wasn't his wife. He was bound by the lie. It wasn't the adultery. Was it really wasn't the problem. He was bound by the lie. You will never amount to anything. Maybe there's somebody here today that you, you, you grew up with that lie. You grew up with that lie that you will never amount to anything, that you will not succeed. I want to tell you the truth today. I want to tell you the truth today. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's the truth of God's word. Amen? Second thing I want to tell you today is Christ came to make us free. Bondage is when you know it's hurting you, but you can't stop. Let me be clear. You will always have flaws and weaknesses and idiosyncrasies, but the characteristic of a weakness or a flaw or an idiosyncrasy is when it's brought to your attention, you can adjust and you can stop. Your spouse just has to look at you and you know, I'm doing it again. And you stop, (laughs) hopefully. But a, a characteristic of bondage is you cannot stop when you know it would be your, to your own advantage to stop. And you know it's hurting you. You know it's hurting the others. Christian bondage is especially damaging. And here's why. Because you are designed by God to create maximum joy. You're designed to create maximum joy. You're designed to generate joy in yourself and with the, to the people around you. Psalms 105.43 says, Remember this, he has led his people out singing for joy. He has chosen people, march, singing their songs out. He made them a gift of the country and that, that they entered. Helped them seize the wealth of the nation so they could do everything he told them, could follow his instructions to the letter. What's that verse talking about? That verse is talking about the people of, of Israel who left the land of bondage. And when they left, they left singing for joy, and God made them a gift to the country that they went to. That's what's supposed to happen when you come to Christ and you fulfill his will. It's supposed to bring a joy to your life. I was, uh, a few months ago, we were having night of, a week of prayer here, which I love week of prayer, and thank you all for supporting that so well. And it's such an important week in our life of our church here. And I was so... Uh, I was walking right here, and uh, I was watching many of you here sitting quietly. And I was, um, I was getting impatient with you. You didn't know it, but I was getting impatient with you. Because I was wanting you to, I, w- I was wanting to feel that you were entering in to God's presence. And I wasn't sure that you were, okay? So I, I, I may have been wrong, but... I. I I, I began to pray for you, many of you, and I felt that God spoke to my heart at that moment and said to me, Phil, they're burdened. They're burdened. And, and I, I shared this with a small, with a, like 20 people I was in, or 17 people, 15 or whatever it was, with a group a few weeks later. Uh, and uh, I, when I shared it, several people began to cry in the room. And because I, I'd, I'd hit a chord, I'd, I'd, I'd hit a note that they realized, you, you know, they, it, it was like you had been waiting on the pastor to wake up and realize that you were burdened. You wanted me to wake up and realize that life was hurting you, that life was difficult for you, and that you have relationships that are messed up and not working like they're supposed to work. You've had abuse that you've not recovered from yet. And sometimes when you're in this position, you've got to pray for your pastor. You've got to pray for me because sometimes in this position, I, I forget. I forget that you need God to come and heal you before you can be everything that God wants you to be. I forget that you need healing. I forget that you need freedom. And you need ministry. And you need the presence of Jesus to come into your life and minister to that place where Satan has wounded you. And you need to come there before you can rise up and serve, before you can 
rise up and pray powerfully for other people. And I'm here today to tell you that's what God wants to do. See, Christian bondage is tolerated sometimes because we have abandoned deliverance as a primary ministry of the church. I want you to look at what verse 14 says in Luke 13. But the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath. Imagine that. The, uh, the uh, 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 Barclay version of the New Testament calls him the president of the synagogue. The president of the synagogue. The president of the church was like, this is the Lord's day. What are we doing healing people on the Lord's day? There are six days for working, he said to the crowd. Come on, those days to be healed. Those are the days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. So, we're, so, okay, let me get this straight. It's church day and the Lord's day and Sunday, and we're just going to talk about the Lord. We're not going to talk about people who can't stop abusing food or drugs or we, people who can't control their anger or people who can't stop thinking about sex. Oh, oh yeah, we we're not going to talk about that on the Lord's day. This is the Lord's day. We're, we're not going to talk about people who can't love their spouse, who, who habitually devalue their children, people who've made idols out of their children on the Lord's day, people who have become ideologically possessed and made a religion out of their politics, people who are addicted to pain medication. Oh, no, we don't talk about this. this is the Lord's day. Imagine that. We'll let the experts talk about that on Monday. But it was the Lord's day. I want you to hear something. It was the Lord's day in the Lord's house on another Lord's day that Jesus said, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord, I'm, I, I'm not going to read all of it to you, but the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus said, you guys have it all wrong. This is what church is for. The Sabbath, in fact, he said in other places, the Sabbath, is, the Sabbath isn't for the Lord. It's for the people. Do you, do you, are you resonating with me today on this? That this sacred day is sacred because it's about your needs. It's about your healing. The priority today is your healing. The priority, the reason God brought you here is to set you free. The reason God brought you here is so he could minister to you. The reason God brought you here is so he could bless you. That's the reason he brought you here today. Imagine 18 years this woman had been going to church. 18 years and she didn't even, I don't know if she even realized that the philosophy of the pastor was that we weren't supposed to talk about her, the spirit, the ugly, dark spirit that was making her sick. We weren't supposed to talk about that on the Lord's Day. Listen, guys, I think it should be one of the main things we talk about on the Lord's Day. Right? Lastly, I want to tell you, there is freedom in Christ's presence. John 8, 31 teaches that the freedom of Christ is released progressively by a consistent exposure to truth in a committed relationship. That's why we, I would encourage you to get, become a part of a, a community group. If you need data, I would encourage you to go to Celebrate Recovery. Christ uses the word and truth. He uses the word disciple here in connection with freedom. This means we have to learn to think correctly and we have to get our stories straight when we dialogue with one another under the authority of the Word of God. To be free, we have to get in relationship where we can manifest our bondage and have it challenged. That's what happens, that's what happens sometimes in community, some community groups. That's what happens in great Christian friendships. That's what happens in Celebrate Recovery. As you go to a place where you are invited to make your problem known, your 
pain known. You're invited to a forum where you can talk about your pain and you can learn God's truth. It's not necessarily to cast an evil spirit. I like what Jack, a guy named Jack Hayford used to say. He said, you can't cast out the flesh and you can't disciple a demon. But you can disciple the flesh. You can teach human beings to think. You can deliver human beings from stinking thinking. Amen? The bound woman, now we, we, we go on, now the bound woman who had been coming to church for 18 years, the scripture teaches us that another aspect of freedom, that freedom is what is released instantaneously when you feel the presence of Jesus. The bound woman had been coming to church for 18 years with her infirmity, but she had never experienced, you know what she had never experienced? The presence of the Lord. She had never, the King James says he laid his hands on her. We could say she had never felt the touch of Jesus. This wasn't her fault. The, the, this wasn't her fault. The, the leaders of the church had, had not made it their goal. They had not made it their goal to create an atmosphere where people could be touched by the presence of God. I want you to know that some of you, some of you in this room right now will not experience the liberty of life that God has prepared for you until you feel the presence of Jesus. Until you have an encounter with Jesus where you know unmistakably, until you have that, what we might call, a sacred moment. You need to feel Jesus. See, throughout the gospel, in the book of Acts, there were moments of grace where God's power was demonstrated and shackles fell. There were moments. You know, I, I want you to know, one of the things we want to have happen at Bethany Community Church, one of the things we want our, we want our weekend service to be, we want it to have moments of grace where you encounter the living Christ, where you encounter the presence of Jesus and when you encounter the presence of Jesus, something shifts in your life. Something shifts in your soul. Something shifts in your psyche when you encounter the presence of Jesus. Maybe some of you have never felt the presence of Jesus. You see, I would tell you, I would tell you emphatically that when it comes to entering the covenant of, Christian, of the Christian walk, becoming a Christian, I would tell you emphatically, becoming a Christian, don't worry about feelings. You don't need to feel anything. If you, if you pray, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's nothing in that passage about feeling the touch of Jesus. You accept it by faith. But when it comes to getting free, when it comes to getting free, there are times in your life when you need to feel the manifestation, the demonstration of Jesus. Now, I agree, it's dysfunctional to believe that Christ only shows up to church buildings. That's dysfunctional. I only believe that Christ only shows up at church buildings on Sunday. That's dysfunctional to think. You have to, well, let, I got to hang in there till Sunday so I can go to church and feel the presence of Jesus because he lives on the platform. He lives behind the stage and he'll come out at certain times and, and touch us. No, that, 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 it's dysfunctional to believe that Christ only shows up at church buildings on the Sabbath. But it's also dysfunctional to believe he doesn't. I said it's also dysfunctional to believe he doesn't show up at church buildings with God's people on the Sabbath day. Amen? A gathering of Christians. The Bible says, Jesus said, when you gather in my name, I am in the midst. A gathering of Christians is supposed to be a guarantee of an appearance of the healer, the liberator, the chain breaker, Jesus. 
you say, well, I don't know what I need, Pastor. I'm so confused. Do I need, do I need John 8, 30 or Luke 13? Which, which do I need? Well, do I need process or presence? Here's my answer. Yes. It, that's, like say, uh, that's like saying, doctor, do I need to take these pills or do I need diet and exercise? He's going to say yes. This is the moment for the presence of the Lord. I want our prayer partners to come and get in place right now. And I just would love it, man. That would just thrill my heart today. If you came up here and you got prayed for and there was a miracle of deliverance that happened, that would just thrill my heart. Now, we invite you to come up here for whatever's going on in your life. Everybody that's going to come up here in a minute, by the way, is not coming because they have a bondage. You just need to understand that. If you're new and, and, and you're a guest at Bethany, uh, this is called response time here. And so uh, you come up for prayer. Anything that's going on in your life, if you have a financial need or you a relationship need or um, you have a big decision this week that you need to pray about, something's going on in your job, Come up and these guys will pray for you. And uh, so, great. But I hope w- w- mingled in with those that are going to come for that. I want that person. I want that, I want that guy who, who is addicted to pornography. And, and you're, just, you're, just, you're just tormented by it. And I want you to know that there's no stigma. There's no stigma to any bondages. We accept it. We love you. You're, you're, you're accepted by God. I, I, that, I, I want that, that person who's tortured by unforgiveness. And you're just so tortured by it. And you, you cannot forgive. And you've tried, but it hasn't happened. I, want, I hope you come up here and let them pray for you. Also, there's communion. Three communion stations here. There's one in the back. And we allow you to serve yourself communion. If you are uncomfortable with that, you want me to serve communion, come get me, I'll, I'll serve it to you. But have a moment with Jesus where you pray about what you just heard and ask God to make it real to your heart. Father, in Jesus' name, I invite those people who need freedom from their bondages, those people who need freedom from their life's, life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and those people who simply have a situation in their life and they want the presence of Jesus to come to bear on that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's come and let's enter into response time. Because there's more power in his prayer. 
presence than anything you could say. Oh, just turn them over to the master and watch them go free today. Sing it with us. Bring the wounded. Oh, bring the wounded to the feet of Jesus. To the feet of Jesus. Bring the hurting. Into his presence, into his presence. Bring the sick, bring the sick. Where healing flows, where healing flows. Hear them singing, hear them singing. Hallelujah, as they go. Now everyone can do this. Oh, throwback there's a throwback worship song but I want us to sing it you're gonna have trouble learning it I know how hard you how time you have learning new songs so this is so old it's new and it's really it's really hard but it goes like this hallelujah you doing okay with the lyrics rows of share